Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Tay Lim Oh, uh, CEO and founder of Glua, G-L-U-W-A.com. Tay, how are you doing today? Hi, Rosian. How are you? Oh, good, good. Yeah, so let's uh, let's jump right in. Tell me about Glua. What do you guys do? Right. Um, so Glua is basically a connection between a fiat currency ecosystem to a cryptocurrency ecosystem. So using a repurchase agreement, um, in financial term, we usually refer to as a repo, um, we create a side chain on top of Bitcoin blockchain and let people use cryptocurrency, in this case, which is Bitcoin, and um, fixed exchange rate. So within the ecosystem, if you put a dollar in, you get a dollar out, so you don't have to worry about the volatility. So, all right, so how, does, how do you not worry about the volatility? What, uh, what mechanisms do you guys have in place to, to counteract that? Right. Um, so we have a, on the one side, we have an investor who is willing to invest cryptocurrency to our system. Uh, we, invest, we get the investment and we lend it back to our users. So since, we, let's say, um, I get one Bitcoin for $6,000 today, and what I promise to the investor is after a year, I will return one Bitcoin back to you with interest on top of it. And since we don't own the Bitcoin we're using, um, we don't have to worry about the volatility, and that's passed on to our users. So I can see in a rising market, you know, if you buy ahead, great, no problem. Mm-hmm. But what do you do in, a, in a, you know, if things go down, like, you know, a month or so ago, Bitcoin mm-hmm. went down from, you know, mid 4000s down to like 3200 Did that right, you know, right. put the hurt on you guys? What did you guys do? No, so so... We borrow the Bitcoin. We don't buy the Bitcoin, so that's the, the that's what makes a difference. So the volatility, okay. the so if the Bitcoin price goes so if the Bitcoin price goes up, our investor who owns the Bitcoin will uh, take the gain, not us. And if the Bitcoin price goes down, um, our investor will take the loss, not us. But your customers are buying the Bitcoin from you. Yes, they are. So they're essentially buying a repo. So the Bitcoin they're bar. Uh, borrowing from us, our customers are borrowing from us, um, they agreed to sell it back at the, the rate that we gave them. Okay, so you lock in, lock in so you're hedging and you lock in the uh, the profit. Okay. Right, right. Makes sense. Right, right. So so we're connecting the Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency investor with people who wants to use Bitcoin, but not necessarily wants to invest in Bitcoin. What would they use the Bitcoin, you know, by borrowing it, what would they use it for? Like margin trading or, you know, no, I mean, uh, I mean, like, so just, 
uh, we don't ask uh, like every use case, but generally, if if you want to make a payment, let's say, um, it's hard to accept or pay in Bitcoin. And one of the biggest reasons is the volatility. If you pay $100, you're not sure if you're paying $100 or $120. And it, as a merchant, you don't know if you made money or lost money. So by use, by staying within the ecosystem we provide, um, people are confident enough to uh, make a transaction on top of blockchain. What kind of use cases are they telling you that they're using it for or you, you don't really know? Uh, so a couple of use cases that I know is casinos in Asia, uh, the biggest market that we have. Oh, so people are um, borrowing to bet in casinos, and then they're, uh, you know, if they have winnings, they're right. uh, paying back their loans. Right, right. So um, usually the casinos in Asia operate um, across border, so people actually fly over to other countries to um, play, and that means they have to uh, move uh, a lot of money in some cases, frequently, and that's a hassle for them. So we provide service for them. Interesting. How do you, um, so when someone wants to borrow Bitcoin, what interest rate and how much will they lend you and what kind of collateral do you need? What are the terms of the loan? Uh, that's on this, uh, that we cannot disclose that. Oh, okay. So someone has to actually sign up and then you uh, you tell them, all right, you want to borrow this much, right. you got to do this, that, and the other. Right, right. Is there any... Um, I'm I'm, ta I'm talking about the investor side. So when investor invests their cryptocurrency to us, um, the term oh, okay. is different from investor in, by investor by investor. So that's why we cannot disclose it. Uh, when we when we provide the service to our users, um, the fee is set. It's basically uh, less than 0.1% to buy or sell on top of us, and the transaction fee is different from. Um, the tier that you use, like if you have a larger transaction, uh, obviously we uh, decrease your fee. Okay, yeah, I was asking about the consumer side, by the way, not the investor side. Oh, it's okay. All right, so you have several tiers. It hovers around, you said 1% or 0.1%? Uh, 0.1%. That's pretty low. That's a very low rate, very good rate. Huh. Yeah, but uh, usually our customers uh, has, a, has a huge volume. Um, so that's why we can maintain the rate. When you say volume, um, is the transaction size like? Is there a minimum of, you know, five Bitcoin, or you know, what are some of your parameters for a consumer? Uh, there's no minimum transaction size, um, but the usually uh, average customer transaction volume is quite large uh, for an individual or a company, because uh, it depends on the market that we serve. Um, um, typically, in casino markets, uh, their tra transaction is quite frequent because they uh, put puts money in and back and forth quite frequently. So actually, um, it adds up. Oh, okay, because of all the transactions, I see, even though the fee is low. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. Huh. Um, is it just Bitcoin only, or is there like a desire for Bitcoin Cash or Ethereum, or do casinos only really support Bitcoin? Uh, currently, we only utilize Bitcoin. Um, for for our merchants, our, our users and merchants, um, the medium they view, we use is not a concern. Um, they just want to use cryptocurrency. Um, as long as we provide a service that we promised, um, they, they don't really care what the back-end uh, cryptocurrency will be. Cool. Okay. Very interesting. How long have you guys been doing this for? And uh, what, what have you seen change over the time you've been offering it? Uh, the company itself has been around for five years. Um, we saw a lot of things going up and down. Um, recently, uh, one of the most interesting changes um, we see is a huge exchange coming up in Korea because 
uh, we are the company itself were originated from Korea. Uh, the second thing is a huge amount of um, capital going into ICOs. Okay. So, you know, what's the consequence of that? Uh, you know, if a lot of capital is going into ICOs, I mean, that usually means investing in Ethereum instead of Bitcoin. So are people just, mm -hmm. you know, buying the Bitcoin and then using it as a bridge to get Ethereum? Or, you know, how is it affecting you guys? Um, so what uh, the foundation of the ecosystem, this is how I understand the basic ecosystem. So the money system can be self, uh, become self-sustainable if it has three pillars in place. So the first pillar will be savings. So you should be able to save money safely. And the second mm. uh, pillar will be payment. You should be easily get paid or pay. And the third pillar is actually investment. So you, you should be able to uh, utilize the capital you have. Um, I think the reason the huge flux, uh, flux of capital going into ICO is because although we have a 170 billion market cap and crypto, the capital is basically unutilized and there's no real uh, there's no real good way to utilize the capital so when the ico came up uh, what i saw happening um, among the people around me is so there are some people who started with 100k and become a millionaire like in a couple of years and since they have right. all this extra capital but there were there were no real good way for them to invest in it and when the ico came up they're like oh, okay i have like um, 10x gain um I'll just put 100k easily and see what happens. And after right. so after some of them getting um 2x or 3x or uh, or many many people lost money but many people also made made money and that actually triggered more people uh to get interested in this um investment market. I see. Yeah, it's funny to think, you know I haven't thought about that yet. So right, we all want Bitcoin, you know, and the other tokens to scale and be used everywhere but we got to have a place to pay people in them and to be paid in them. So it's funny, right, ICOs right. was an outlet, isn't it? Like, an, I guess ICOs are an outlet for people's crypto. It's a way for them to spend right. it and do something with right. it, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. So um, I see ICO as an investment, uh, investment pillar of the whole ecosystem we call a cryptocurrency. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's why. So basically, think of this. Um, let's say there's a bank that has uh, 170 billion, and they're just sitting on them. They must have a lot of pressure right. to utilize the capital, right? And that's right. basically what's happening now. And the ICO is just a start, and people are pouring in. Well, the one billion out of 170 is like almost a nothing if you think about it. It's just like one percent of the whole capital you have. So right. yeah. I think I th I think that's why we're getting more, um, oh, oh, having said that, and that's another reason uh, there are a huge uh, rise in uh, cryptocurrency exchange in South Korea right now. Because South Korea, um, there are a couple of reasons that why South Korea uh, are more uh, comfortable in investing in cryptocurrency, but South Korea itself is quite a um, wealthy country, but they don't really have that many uh, way to invest capital in an interesting way. By interesting, I mean um, the way that you can actually get 10x or um, even 50x, something like that. So when people saw uh, cryptocurrency price rising and people making money, um, they are just trying it out. And I think it's just a start. Right. Yeah, you know, it makes me think what happens if uh, ICOs fall under heavy regulation or just people, you know, like uh, various ones fail. 
and the industry loses its taste for ICO investing or investors lose their taste, what's going to be an outlet for crypto? Like where are people going to spend it? You know, instead of just sitting on it and holding it, you know, where we've got to get some other use cases going where people have an outlet for their crypto and it's getting, it's useful to be used. Right, right. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so um, this is how I understand, um, basically, this is how I understand blockchain. Um, so I see blockchain as an objectivity protocol. Um, the value of blockchain, it comes from uh, you making sure that you actually have done something. So uh, let, let me explain it another way. So when computer came out, uh, people could automate their work. And when, it, when, in, when internet came out, it, it was about connectivity. People could work together. And when a uh, smartphone came out, it was about availability. You could work anywhere. And when blockchain came yeah. out, you were sure that you guys did some work. And on top of that, uh, Bitcoin came on. So Bitcoin was a financial uh, ledger. The people made transactions. They're sure they made transactions. And Ethereum, and basically a computing power, uh, you're sure that you have some computing power and you have executed it. And the right. Filecoin, um, having stories on and on. So basically what I see will happening is a meaningful blockchain like um, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Filecoin, and so on will come up right, out of the whole ICO mess, and they will create a huge value, I believe. And even even though most of the ICO will fail, I don't think it will like in the end, in the long run. I think people will still do an ICO because they will see um, um, blockchains, good blockchains, making hundred or thousand x returns. Right. Yeah. I just you know my perception on the market, and I don't mean to interject it here, but you know, a ton of ICOs have raised money recently. In one mm -hmm. to three years, some of them are going to fail. They can't all succeed. And when that happens, I just worry that, again, um, you know, VCs and other people are going to lose their taste to invest in the market, and it'll drag the whole market, uh, you know, it'll slow it down. It may really hurt it, but it'll just, it'll change the market big time. So I just, I worry about that happening in the future. And I, you know, all these companies with these great ideas, they really have to get real customers and make real money mm -hmm. to survive. And uh, not all of them right. will do that. They can't. It's not possible. So. Right, right. Oh, I, 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 right. I agree. Um, but in the end, if you have a good technology, if you have a good product, if you have a good ecosystem, um, you will thrive. That's how, that's how, I, how I see it. So yeah. if you make something really valuable, you will um, be able to make it go out there and make people um, use it. Well, speaking of which, let's, you know, let's get back to you. the focus is you guys. I apologize we wandered, but uh, what are your plans? You know, so you're helping people bet at casinos, which is fine. But what, you know, where's your grand vision of this? Where do you guys want to go, and what do you want to be over the next year or so? Oh, um, so casino is just like one of the sectors that we uh, provide service to. Um, okay. Our grand vision is providing sound currency to everyone. Um, by sound currency, what I mean is currency that you can save safely, easy to pay, and uh, invest easily. Um, for that, we are currently working with a German energy company uh, called Inoji. Uh, we created our new blockchain called uh, Credit Coin Network, uh, which is a, basically a blockchain that lets you uh, invest or fundraise peer-to-peer. -peer. And the, the, the vision that we have is um, we want to connect uh, developed countries with a abundant capital but suffering from negative interest rate to emerging economies who has no capital but has a high interest rate. 
So we already have a companies willing to use the service and then use the blockchain, and we will see it running in a couple, uh, couple of months from now on. You know, you talked about the three pillars. I bet you have those three in mind as being the requirements mm-hmm. for, you know, yeah, how specifically are you guys going to address the three pillars? Because I have the feeling that that's exactly how you look at it. So what, right, you know, what's right. the answer to that? How are you guys going to address that? From what I see, I think Bitcoin is a great pillar for savings. Um, I think Bitcoin is doing a great job for that. So uh, I leave that to other people working on Bitcoin. And for payment, um, that's what Glua is doing. We let people to use cryptocurrency easily by um, removing the volatility. And the thirdly, mm, okay. the investment for that, that's why we created a credit coin network. Basically, it's a basically um, network that records every uh, investment transaction. And based on the investment history or um, lending history, uh, people can evaluate and create their own uh, credit scoring model and evaluate uh, the uh, use the credit scoring model that makes sense for them in that market. Oh, okay. You know, credit scoring of the individual investing or of the opportunity they're investing in? Uh, individual or uh, so basically, the let's say uh, one fundraiser uh, for whatever reason that he wants to fundraise and he gives the information of himself as much as he wants and posts the fundraising opportunity onto the blockchain. And based on the opportunity and based on the his transaction history on the uh, on the credit coin network people can evaluate and see how safe investment that is and if it makes sense for um, them to actually invest in such opportunity hmm. okay well very good in terms of the payments you know so you're going to take away the volatility you are that's great what else is mm-hmm. needed to make payments work I mean what about companies like bitpay that you know have a debit card you can load up with Bitcoin and use, uh, you know, what else would help payments be ubiquitous and easy? Uh, I, I guess the problem that we need to solve is acceptance. Like more merchants accepting our payment, um, more, more valuable the payment method is, right? So Apple Pay is right. useful just as much as um, Visa now because uh, most, most merchants, especially in the um, United States, most merchants accept Apple Pay now. Uh, but if you go to countries like uh, like Japan or even China, Apple Pay is not that accepted. So Apple Pay is quite useless if you go to those markets. So acceptance is, I think, uh, is the most important part. Um, that's why we uh, work hard to work with other, either other payment gateways or other e-commerce or POS companies. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. So any big uh, partnerships that you're considering over the next six months or a year that you can disclose? You know, where are you going to go with the, uh, the payment side? You're, you've got volatility that you've worked on, but now, uh, you know, again, east of payments. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what's on right. your roadmap for the next year for that? Uh, I cannot disclose the company name, but we are in a partnership with um, one of the largest convenience store um, chain in Asia, and they are integrating with our service. And secondly, we are also integrating with one of the biggest e-commerce websites um, specifically in South Korea right now, uh, they will be in our next um, connection. Um, so after that, we will uh, migrate to like one com- one country by country, and then expand our business. Okay, well, very good. So how can people find out more about Glua, and what what countries um, in particular do you serve, and which ones do you not serve? Uh, we currently serve in South Korea. Uh, we will be live in United States 
around the end of the year. Uh, more information about Glua, you can find it on, on www.glua.com, G-L-U-W-A.com. Okay, very good. Any other way that uh, people can get in contact with you? Uh, they can uh, send an email on uh, T-A-E-L-I-M-O-H at G-L-U-W-A.com. That's my email. Okay, well, very good, Tay. Thanks for taking the time, and it's been an interesting conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.